Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. The Fed rate hike last week was the latest in a series of events that have disrupted the mortgage market over the short term. And with housing starts missing estimates, lead analyst Logan Motoshami has raised his fifth recession red flag. On today's Housing Wire Daily, Logan explains where we are in his recession watch, what the Fed rate raise means in the longer term, and more. I'm handing off to Logan to give us more insight. Hello, everyone. Logan Motoshami here, lead analyst for Housing Wire. I'll be discussing the most recent article that I have uh, put up last week, it is called the fifth recession red flag raised due to the recent housing starts data. And what I'm going to do here is try to uh, discuss what does this mean, not only for the economic cycle itself, but for what we're going to have in the housing market. Of course, number one, we all realize the biggest news for the housing market is rates are rising. But for myself, it's not just rates rising. It was the savagely unhealthy home price growth that we started to get uh, after the uh, second half of 2020. So you put that much home price growth, rising rates together, demand's going to get hit by a double whammy. But when we talk about housing uh, in the recession red flag model, we're talking about housing starts and new home sales. And first of all, new home sales today, really, the last print uh, was actually below the recession levels of 2000. It was above the uh, levels, of course, in the recession of the great financial crisis, but we're about a couple hundred thousand uh, home sales away from what we would traditionally see in a recession. So the new home sales sector is not, you know, an overheating, booming market in that sense. But housing starts typically fall uh, before every recession, right? So what does that mean for the economy? Generally, uh, the new home sales sector and construction matter more. Uh, just because they create construction jobs, big ticket items. And what we've also had to deal with uh, in this uh, expansion, or actually just for the last few years, we're not able to finish homes on a timely manner. So the housing completion data that we had in America was pretty slow. And uh, there's such a stark contrast to what we saw, especially during the previous expansion or even the housing bubble years where Housing starts, housing permits, completions, credit, prices, they kind of all move together, except this time, you know, for a few years now, housing completions could not keep up with pace. Uh, that also proposes a problem that if mortgage rates jump to three, four percent even on some people, uh, you know, by the time they're ready to lock the loan, some of them don't qualify. So the builders are dealing with uh, multiple issues right now in that regard. So when rates rise, the builder's confidence starts to get weaker, right? This actually happened in 2018. Uh, 2018, we had a monthly supply spike uh, on the new home sales sector. The builder stocks were down over 30%. Uh, One of the builder CEOs said the fourth quarter of 2018 was the worst fourth quarter uh, since the great financial crisis. These people can get to drama pretty quickly, by the way. Um, And uh, back then I said, you know what? New home sales are still low. Housing starts are still low. Uh, when rates fall, things will get uh, better. Uh, and also 2020 is coming up soon. So we get a little kick from the demographic patch. And what happened was a few months later, rates uh, fell and then the housing, the new home sales sector uh, fixed itself up. It's a little bit different this time around. Of course, housing starts and permits are much higher. Uh, 
a lot of these homes that the builders have uh, on, on their books are actually homes they haven't even started building yet. So they're in a little bit different position. They don't have to rush to build anymore. Uh, they have to make sure that their uh, existing supply of homes can be bought and then think about the future with uh, 6% mortgage rates, how much can they sell? And I know there's a lot of people who say, well, we're underbuilt. This is the difference between, I guess, my work than maybe a lot of other people in the economic land. Um, I never believed the we underbuilt in the previous expansion. Uh, I believe the builders only build off their own demand curve. And what that means is that new home sales, monthly supply, if it's below 4.3 months, the builders are doing great. They will put their heads down and build. That's kind of what they did uh, after 2020. We had a brief time uh, here where monthly supply was below 4.3 months. That's when the builders get excited. We really didn't have that at all in the previous expansion. Uh, new home sales missed in 2013, 2014, 2015, and in 2018, they had a supply spike. So I actually agree with them. They basically just built off of their own demand curve. So right now, it might seem weird if the builders go, well, we're not building. But we have, an under, we have a shortage. Well, they don't care, right? Because the existing home sales market is their competitor. And that inventory is starting to pick up. Again, we're, we're at such low levels historically, but it's starting to pick up. So as existing inventory picks up, the builders have more competition, right? So they're going to be a little bit more mindful now. Uh, back in 2018, we had much we have much higher inventory levels. So uh, you, you have to realize if they if they paused for 30 months because of that, guess what's what's they're going to do now? And the builder survey confidence has been falling for a few months, and now the new home sales fell, and then we see housing starts and permits uh, fall, even though completion is picking up. There's why I raised uh, the recession red flag, because my recession red flag model is a progression model. It is not here to glory hound or put my hands up. Oh, I believe we're in a recession or any of that. This is that's not how economics work. Generally, you do not have a recession when employment is growing. We're going to create like your two million jobs in the first six months of this year. Uh, industrial production is rising. Real sales are positive. Uh, incomes are up. These things don't happen in a recession. So we're not there. But the progression model is here to show you where we are in an economic expansion, going into a recession, and getting out of the recession, which means it's not very exciting, right? Especially in this day and age. But that's, you know, if economics is done right, it should be terribly boring. So we're going to see a slowdown in construction. What does that mean? Yes, uh, single family construction will mean no less inventory. The multifamily construction can pick up. Uh, but uh, vacancies for rentals and, and homeowners are, are still very low. So we're not going to get too much help going out in the future until when rates fall, demand picks up, or the builders discount enough. Most likely they're going to wait for rates to fall to full throttle the discount uh, uh, metric. So things are going to stall out and growth from these levels are going to be very uh, limited. Hence why the fifth recession red flag is up. The last one is the leading economic index. If you look at it historically, going back to the late 1960s, this deadline typically falls four to six months uh, going into a recession. The anomaly was COVID. Uh, only three recession red flags were up uh, in 2020. COVID was an exogenistic shock. Leading economic index was uh, at all-time highs before it collapsed. And in April, we wrote the America's Recovery Model back here uh, on April 7, 2020. That was the bottom of the uh, recession, very brief recession, and we just shot right back up 
uh, right away. Uh, so at this stage, you know, I, the progression model is for me, the first recession red flag is unemployment rates. For me, it was getting to 4%. The second one was the Fed's going to start the rate, rate hike. Third one was the inverted yield curve, which is more of a marketing timing. I was on an inverted yield curve watch as of November of last year. So when that happened, crossed it off. The fourth one is always finding the, the big overinvestment, the booming demand in the cycle that needs to correct itself. Durable goods spending, retail sales. We see that already. Uh, companies are already laying off some people. Uh, you're starting to see discounts at uh, places that have too much inventory. I always use the Peloton example because Peloton is a great example for economics. Uh, uh, because of the pandemic, they were booming. They were selling a lot of bikes. They thought they could open a manufacturing firm is to build more. Col- demand collapsed. They have too much inventory. They laid off you know 20% of the workforce. And that's what, how you get economic recessions. Uh, there are certain sectors of the economy that have way too much capacity, uh, way too much inventory, so they need to not have as many people. Now, employment levels are still uh, uh, good. Your job openings are high. Jobless claims are still very low. Industrial production, uh, the most recent print was positive. So all these things are here. But once the leading economic index starts to fall, four to six months, you just got to keep your uh, eyes up. Uh, in terms of a job loss recession, just like you know how I warned, don't put too much weight on the forbearance crash bros. They don't have a credit profile background. When we think about a recession in the United States of America, we think of who gets the highest unemployment rate. It's usually people that never finished high school, uh, the people that have renter financial profiles. So we first go there in terms of where the damage could be done to the housing market. Of course, we don't want any recessions ever. Recessions are the are good things, you know, uh, family lives get impacted. But the rental market, again, has to be primary first. Uh, Homeowners, you know, especially uh, college-educated homeowners, unemployment rates are 2%. There are certain sectors of the economy, let's say tech does some layoffs. Um, Some people in crypto, of course, right now are probably getting laid off. Uh, You'll see that, but in scale terms, when we have a job loss recession, uh, it's the consumer sector that gets hit. Um, because we don't have any credit bubble. And I think, to me, that was always the biggest mistake a lot of people made on housing. They kept on saying 2008, not the case. Housing peaked in 2005, credit stress got worse in 2005, 2006, 2007, and 2008. Then after that, 2008, the job loss recession happened. We don't have that. Now, foreclosures and some of these things are actually going to increase just because we've been uh, on delayed. But a job loss recession does change some of the variables on inventory, what we call as late cycle lending. Late cycle lending means that uh, people that got a home, maybe with a very low down payment, if they lost their jobs and home prices aren't rising, uh, uh, they don't have enough selling equity. That's the real risk. Uh, American homeowners on paper have never looked better. We have over 40% of homes that have mortgage debt. On Their cash flows are excellent. Their nested equities are excellent. Uh, there's no recast rate risk post-2010, any of the loans done back then. We don't have any of those exotic loan debt structures. So the recession is going to be different in that sense, but I'm pretty sure everyone's going to make a mistake and go, it's 2008 again, because that's what people do in this country. They, they are so infatuated with 2008 because they want to see home prices crash 30 40 50%, which the irony of my work is that I need home prices to fall 23% to get my model back. And uh, it is very frustrating because the biggest concern during this period is that if inventory broke under 1.52 million, which it did, 
the potential of home prices accelerating beyond uh, any historical trend is there because the demographics now are much different than we've had. And we look back in inventory going back to 1982, two to two and a half millions is traditionally what's normal. Uh, we got to 870,000 in the beginning of 2022. So if it seemed that was panicky, you know, uh, for the last 18 months, it was for a different reason, right? Uh, this is a different cycle. The, the housing crisis was home prices accelerating, not falling 40, 50, 60% because we have a bunch of paranoid people on the internet for the last 12 years. So uh, inventory still needs to work itself back up. I think it's a positive. Uh, I know I'm the outlier of this camp. I know the Federal Reserve talked about, you know, housing reset. That's the uh, interesting term. So I'm sympathetic to that view uh, just because I don't believe it's very healthy for the U.S. to be under 1.52 million. Uh, we, we even see it this year, you know, home price growth is still double digits this year. Uh, hopefully that cools down toward the second half uh, as inventory picks up and Price growth, unhealthy price growth is very sticky. It's problematic. And this is why home sales are falling. And this is why home sales are going to fall even more now that mortgage rates are up. Imagine if we just grew home prices at 3 to 4% uh, in 2020 and 2021 and 2020. We had so much leeway for prices to rise without being hit too bad with uh, rates rising. But that wasn't the case. Uh, we we're looking at 40, 45% growth in home prices within a two, two and a half year period savagely unhealthy. So now that we have the fifth recession red flag raised, uh, what I'm looking for is manufacturing data. Permits are obviously going to fall. I can create kind of a scenario where the leading economic index will start to fall over the next six months. And when it does, when we finally get there to the recession red flag much, that doesn't mean the recession is happening at that moment, but we just need to be a little bit more mindful of it. The question is, what does the bond market do? What does mortgage rates do? Because traditionally, bond markets will start to go down and rates will start to go lower uh, as the recession comes. Uh, today, as I look at the 10-year yield, it's at 3.22%. I remember in November of uh, 2018, it was at 3.24%, but rates are higher now. The mortgage market is more stressed now. Than it was back then. Back then, rates were about five percent. So the rates are actually much higher than what, what we would traditionally see at this level. Um, when bond yields fall, uh, mortgage rates will go down with it. Uh, traditionally, that is the case with uh, when we're going to recession. The Federal Reserve is very, very focused on getting inflation down. Inflation is a lagging indicator, so we see some of the data lines that are kind of deflationary in the sense that the rate of growth of core inflation is starting to fall uh, going out of the future. We should see that uh, more and more. Energy prices is not something that the Federal Reserve can do much. Traditionally speaking, when they, for the first Fed rate hike, the dollar gets stronger, the dollar is very strong. It usually would help us with oil prices, not the time this this case. So we have a lot of different things uh, uh, in that sense with energy prices and food prices. But some of the other things are going to start to slow down. So we'll see how the next uh, six months go. But because the Builder Survey Sentiment Index was falling noticeably, uh, and this is before the last big rate move, because new home sales were falling, because we already had four of the recession red flags up, and rates are much higher than what they were uh, back in uh, 2018, and we have much higher levels uh, housing starts. Uh, that is the reason why I raised a recession red flag. And remember, every week new economic data comes out. Uh, purchase application data has been down uh, year over year, four-week moving average at 
2.75%. I had anticipated about 18 to 22% declines. I, so far, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, the, the housing market at 4 to 5%, even though sales were falling, it looked like just the traditional sales would decline uh, because rates are up market at you know 5 6%. There's a lot of uh, legway for sales to keep on going lower. Uh, you always want to keep your eye on the purchase application data on a year-over-year basis. And remember, coming in October of this year, uh, we are going to have much higher comps to work with. So if the trend is here, you can see 25 to 35% year-over-year declines just because we have a higher base to work off of. Uh, because uh, very abnormal that toward the end of last year, mortgage demand picked up. Uh, it set the index a little bit higher on a year-over-year -year basis, so the comps are going to be uh, much more challenging then. But this is where we are, and again, my job is to just to show you the pathway, right? Economics done right should be very boring. You want to always be the detective, not the troll. So what I do is I look at economic data every week, every weekend, every day. I literally have no life. I'm going to try to interpret it that uh, based on what I think it's going to say and where that stage of the uh, economic expansion where the economy is getting hit on two sides. There's first the inflationary factor, but then the Federal Reserve and rate factor. So the, you're getting taxed on both fronts now. The cost of debt is coming up and inflation is coming up. And the Fed is very aggressive on trying to bring demand down. Uh, so inflation will come down, which typically usually means that's going to be a recession. Uh, so we are at that stage. That's why more of the focus is, is on that. But going out in the future, we'll see how the bond market and mortgage market work. If we're starting to see real hardcore recessionary data, bond markets and mortgage rates should come down. So a lot to go over. Uh, but yes, the fifth recession red flag was raised. Last time that happened was in 2006. Uh, the sixth recession red flag was raised actually that year as well. Of course, the great financial re uh, recession happened uh, toward the uh, summer of 2008. But these progression models are just here to show you a pathway. So you guys kind of had an idea because the world out there can be kind of crazy with the Internet. Uh, there's a lot of ideological and promotional takes out there, which is very fun, I suppose, but uh, not sometimes correct. And thank you for everyone listening. Uh, the rundown will be here every week. Uh, Sarah couldn't join us because sometimes technology doesn't work when you're on the road, but we'll be back here, both of us together, the following week. We have a lot of data in the sense that new home sales and existing home sales are coming up. We'll take a look at that. And again, the savagely unhealthy housing market will be here until inventory gets back up. So we want to see supply up and that'll be a positive for the housing market. Thank you all for listening so much. have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW+, membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the HousingWire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like HousingWire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to HousingWire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.